Well, at least this week we've probably got a hundred percent less plug talk. <laughs> so you know that's something. Hello and welcome to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. You join us for another exciting week of podcastery. But this week, it is only two of us. It's half of the classic foursome. Actually, no, it wasn't even the classic foursome, was it? We were originally the classic threesome in the fuck bunker and Duncan up in the kinky kitchen. Well, I'm sad to say that Russ is not with us, therefore we're not using the fuck bunker. Uh, And Duncan is not with us, so he's not in the kinky kitchen. It's actually just Dan and Tom. Hello, Dan. Hello. And hello to Tom, that's me. In, ow. <laughs> oh, fuck. In, ow. Just caught my finger. It's all going swimmingly. Going um, very well. And we're just chilling out at my casa. Um, well, I, but I don't know what we should call it. I the, was thinking that. The Roberts Roundhouse? <laughs> the Roberts Roundhouse. I don't know. That doesn't make sense, does know. it? I don't know. Where um, are we? We're in our lounge. Yeah. So maybe it's the Lusty Lounge. The, lusty the Loose Lounge. lounge. The, loose <laughs> the Slack Lounge. When I did... Um, the gaping lounge. <laughs> <laughs> the pastels go. are kicking in. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we're in the gaping lounge. <laughs> when I did, um, when I did uh, the podcast with um, uh, the people from D Twenty earlier, which yeah. will go up at some point soon. I don't know exactly when, but one of them's obviously been listening to our podcast, and I go, he goes, "So you're going to introduce?" I go, "Yeah, I've got this introduction." He goes, "I'm going to be like, so." Uh, very exciting podcast today. It's a, a collaboration. Uh, I've managed to escape the bunker. And then he interrupts me and goes, what bunker though, Dan? <laughs> I'm like, I thought it would be a bit weird to kick it off with this, <laughs> which is um, uh, by calling it the fuck bunker. So I didn't for the best. So you didn't? No. no. All right. Just, just decided, just, nope, done. The too much time on a hands bunker for that for that particular. The TMT OOH bunker. Yeah. 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 Not the fuck bunker. Not the fuck bunker. No, we're about as far away from a fuck bunker as we can get, to no. be honest. We're surrounded by my scale models and a singer sewing machine. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, it's cool. It's, it's And definitely... Cornish wear porcelain. <laughs> yeah. It's... um. B- before superhero films, there was sewing and scale models. Absolutely. For the people that that like those things and and to be fair there's a lot of people that like superheroes that dress up as superheroes and have to sew their own costumes that's true cosplayers there you go yes. and they're probably a dab hand with um plastic cement as well yeah and rubber yeah rubber. And latex mm. <laughs> right and leather we've got a ton of news to get through tom okay sure so, so let's kick it off with a news News. Let's <laughs> just go with that, yeah. News. 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 Right, let's hit. Go on, news. Go okay, on, quickly. quickly. Really, go on. Dan, come on, quickly. Top three news stories. What are they? I'm not going to react. Okay? No, don't react. Because you did last time. It was too, too easy to get you all baity. <laughs> uh, let's start with Spider-Man leaving the MCU, shall we? That is... That's like Sony all over, isn't it? I don't think it's Sony's fault. No? So, Sony put out a statement. Saying m- it's not our fault. Yeah, yeah. Blame Disney, and, the pricks. Yeah. And <laughs> Dan just believed every word. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, Disney. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Disney. No, I, I am not a Sony fanboy in any way in terms of what they've done with the Spider-Man universe or what they've done with their games consoles. So yeah. more on that later. Um, 
but they put out a statement and it, it kind of makes sense. Much of today's news about Spider-Man has mischaracterized recent discussion about Kevin Feige's involvement in the franchise. Sony shared in a statement to comicbook.com. We are disappointed, but respect Disney's decision not to have him continue as a lead producer of our next live-action Spider-Man film. We hope this might change in the future, but understand that the many new responsibilities that Disney has given him, including all their newly added Marvel properties, uh, do not allow him time to work on uh, IP, work on IP they do not own. I added, Kevin is terif- terrific. We are grateful for his help and guidance, and appreciate the path he has helped us put, help put us on, which we will continue. It, it dances around the fact that basically Disney went in and said, we're currently owning 5% of uh, the money from the Spider-Man films and putting in a ton of work. We want 50%. Right. And Sony just went, no, because we still own the franchise. Yeah. If worse comes to worse. If you owned this yeah. and we were the ones doing all the work, you would not be quite as forgiving. No, exactly. And I think if... The Disney Corporation did not get rich by looking after every mouse that wandered in. Dan from the Adventure Authority podcast uh, mentioned that they were the first people to basically invent the copyright laws. Exactly. <laughs> so they're the ones currently being screwed over by their own rules. Exactly. Walt so, Disney was one of the most, I mean, famously um, very, very to the letter yeah. and uh, very protective of his IPs. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, And a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs> always worth mentioning. Yeah, always worth throwing um, <laughs> But uh, they've... Um, yeah, they wanted 50% rather than 5%. Uh, also, Sony went in and said, we've got this Venom film as well. Do you want to do you want to add him to the MCU? And now looking back at it, it's like, oh, this, this all sounds great. Why couldn't you just make it work? My prediction is that Disney will go back and go, mm, we'll take 20%. You reckon? 100%. It's Spider-Man. So this is all Hillblink first? Mm. Yeah, I think so. It's, I mean... I saw all the news. Poor Tom Holland. What's he going to do? He's fine earning his millions. Yeah. Well, what's he going to do? And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, actors don't give a shit about this stuff. They'll no. just act in the film. No, exactly. He'll just be Spider-Man. In do you want to be Spider-Man? Yes. Yeah, sure. You okay, just, you're Spider-Man. Do you still want to be Spider-Man? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Because people like you. They really respond to you. Yeah. And Aunt May has to be in it as well. Yeah. So so the thought is that what I believe... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I believe that, that this is much like the Guardians thing, where it's like wait till it blows over a bit and then go, okay, we'll carry on with the same contract or maybe 10% or maybe 20% or whatever it is. And then we'll take Venom as well. I remember that. that yeah. That's not something that actually I sort of seem to remember that much like mm. about the Guardians of the Galaxy. But every time anyone brings it up, I'm like, oh yeah, there was like a big furor about this yeah. at the time, wasn't there? When everyone they kicked just, James Gunn off it, Everyone yeah. just kicked off. Yeah. I so had a bit of a Mardi time. Yeah. So I, I'd imagine this is much the same. I don't believe, I mean, we've got so long before another Spider-Man film comes out anyway. Yeah. I don't believe that there's so much to lose. I don't want to give anything away about Far From Home, but the ending of Far From Home sets up so much involving the MCU and Spider-Man that I would imagine even if Disney are just taking the 5%, it's worth having him on board. And also, isn't 5% of like a multi-million pound franchise like still quite a lot of money? I'd imagine Sony just did the money and thought, if they take 50%, even if we release a film that doesn't gross as much, we'll still make more money than if it's 50% of, of, of our franchise. So, and particularly if it's then 50% of Venom as well. Like if it's 10% of Venom or 20% of Venom and 20% of Spider-Man, then it's probably worthwhile. So this probably comes a point where it's worthwhile for both of them to be involved. And the original plan was Disney to just have Spider-Man just because he's a great addition to the MCU and it makes the MCU more interesting. Yeah. And it makes the other films more appealing. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I get the feeling there's some middle ground that can be reached here. Um, and it might take a bit of time. But hopefully, uh, hopefully they can get it sorted. I, I think at the end of the day, these companies like making money. And the best way to make money on this one is to work together. I don't think that any company goes out of their way to be deliberately stubborn. Let me put it that way. No, I don't know. I think there's quite <laughs> a few. Yeah, but then D- Disney like money a lot. And the best way to make money is, is by working, getting Spider-Man back in the MCU because they are running out of the bankable heroes, basically. So they want to be careful. Is that because they keep killing them off? No, it's because uh, contracts come to an end and actors get older. Yeah, that's a good point. Whereas with Spider-Man, you've got someone that they picked up when he was 18. Yeah. And he's going to be in the, it could be in the MCU for the next 20 years. He looks quite young. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Should be fine. That was a really silly mistake, wasn't it? Putting a fruit pastel in just as I told I don't talk. think anyone minds. There's only two of us this time. We need something that to sort of pump it up because we've only got the chemistry of both of us. Admittedly, the other two don't have that much chemistry going on, really. There's not really much about them. They don't, no. really, you know, they just enhance our performances, is what's going on. Yeah, they're like, they're like enzymes. Yeah. Yeah. Catalysts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're like, they're like striking a match. They're like the match yeah. surface. We're, we're what burns, you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We definitely. smolder, they just... We, we still exist without them. Less so, just them. Less basically. so the other yeah, way, yeah. yeah. You've got to ask yourself some real serious questions about Russ at times like this, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> we love Russ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Star Wars Mandalorian trailer gets a release date. A what? The trailer from The Mandalorian's got a release date. Good. 23rd of August. This uh, is this uh, is why movies don't <laughs> excite me and the TV medium doesn't excite me anymore because even trailers are considered a thing. And D23, we'll get a trailer for The Mandalorian, which yep. is um, obviously John Favreau's new Star Wars TV series, which looks like it won't have anything to do with the Skywalkers. Please don't have anything to do with the damn Skywalkers. So I'm quite excited about that. But it's another one where it's like, oh, cool. We've got a release date for a trailer. I like it when um, when trailers just kind of come out personally yeah or at least yeah. a couple of days before they go oh a couple of days try to sit yeah so yeah so i'll watch it though we'll probably talk about it next week yeah 23rd yeah we'll i'll watch it. About it next week yeah masturbate to it whatever whatever yeah <laughs> i will masturbate to anything yeah <laughs> including that um i'll report back on whether it was easy or not yeah you'll do it in a meme yeah i'll do it in a meme right, yeah well that was tough well <laughs> <laughs> that, that was tough I've realised that this is the wrong audience, Tom. So to bear with me here, Dominic Tipper, Dominique Tipper, oh. from you're right, yeah, <laughs> from the Expanse, um, wants to play Alana from the Saga graphic novels. Does any of that mean anything to you? <laughs> no, none of that meant a word. I just didn't know. I'm so, just I'm nodding like Colonel Gaddafi's psychoanalyst. I will say this: Saga is having seen your selection of graphic novels up there. Saga fits in quite nicely with them, I would say, and worth okay. a read. So I'll lend you the first one. What's it about? Uh, it's about a alien war between two rival factions. Because when you say saga to me, I think of old people on cruise ships. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a graphic novel about that, yeah. Uh, she wants to play a really old person. No, it's <laughs> yeah. a, um, it's about two rival factions, two alien rival factions at war, um, and two people that come from each faction to come together and have a baby and their journey through protecting the baby, basically. And then it moves on to other things as well, but... So it's basically like space Romeo and Juliet if they didn't kill each other. Kinda, kinda. It, it's it's uh, it's amazing. It's well worth a read. So I'll lend you the first first edition and and all the ones up to the one they just released, which ends on a massive cliffhanger. Okay. And now it's been, I think it's been a year since they've released one. 
you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, well worth well worth read. Um, right, more news. Yeah, let's get back on the big news. Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, on board for Matrix Four. Okay. Yeah. So we thought the Matrix Four was going to be set like outside of everything we'd seen, but now Trinity and Neo are confirmed. Trinity and Neo are definitely confirmed for it. Yeah. Um, which I'm kind of. So is it a prequel? Because we were speculating that it was like a, a sequel. Yeah, I think it's going or to be just a, a thing. I think it's going to be a sequel, but it might be like. But Neo died and Trinity died. Um, so it doesn't look after a time to talk about potential Matrix reboot. It's on comicbook.com uh, with Michael B. Jordan taking over the lead role. It seems like the franchise is heading back to its roots. The Matrix Four is actually happening with a large part of the original team returning. Um, so yeah, uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Moss reprising their roles as Neo and Trinity. Um, uh, Lana, Lana Wachowski's in charge of it, which is good. I, I suppose. think that was what people were most pissed off about is that they didn't really get a chance to see Neo, kind of really doing, you know, because the, the the Matrix Reloaded is set what six to twelve months after the first film. Yeah. And in that time, he's supposedly sort of freeing loads of red pills and, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just freeing loads of people and being kick-ass. And you never really got to see that outside of... I mean, he was never really as kick-ass as I thought he was going to be. Yeah. So, uh, I'm on inverse.com now. Um, and uh, it's time to jack in. 16 years after completion of the original trilogy, Lionel Kowski has resumed the story of Neo with the fourth instalment in The Matrix films. Uh, for the fourth installment, Wachowski worked with scriptwriter Alexandra Herman. Could not be more excited about re-entering the Matrix with Lana. Lana's a true visionary. Precious little is known about it. Apparently, the release date's going to be top of 2020. Well, um, that's so post-Brexit that we might never, ever see it. Well, the Amazon rainforest will have probably burned down by that point anyway. <laughs> oh. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's right? terrifying. What um, an awful prospect. Uh, questions surrounding the returning actors and the character opens up all sorts of questions, possibilities for the story of the Matrix 4. It appears to be a continuation but based on the sci-fi Buddhist nature of the mythology. Are we in for a literal reboot of the saga? Is it possible for the characters who enter to exit a simulated reality engine by machines to reincarnate? Could be interesting. My problem is that the bad at Matrix films outnumber the good Matrix films two to one. <laughs> so um, I'm concerned about this. See, for me, like, Matrix is almost flawless. Yeah. Like, almost flawless. Yes. Matrix Reloaded is the one that has some good moments. Yes. Let down by a bit of, by these days, by a bit of shonky CGI and a bit of terrible script writing and an endless exposition. Yeah. It took too long to get going. But Matrix Revolutions, oh, my God. I mean, that just, it, oh, God. It disappeared up its own ass to Muse levels. Like, you know what I mean? You know how when Muse started and they were like, oh, this is fresh, this is interesting, this is fun. And like by album number five, it just sounds like Bad Queen written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. They're still doing the same shit. Oh my God, it's so bad. And yeah. it's like, it's just, they are, they just disappeared up their own ass. And that's what the third Matrix film did. I agree. I tried to over-explain things that didn't necessarily need over-explaining. The best ending to the Matrix was when he just says, I'm going to put the phone down and show them something you don't want them to see. Then leave it there. Yeah, a world without you. Yeah, awesome. Oh, what is, is that? The word is that the line? A world without you. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I can't remember. But it's like it just sets up like the, the, they set up the universe so magnificently in the first film. 
that we don't we can imagine what Zion looks like. We don't need to see it. Yeah. It's just money obviously comes in then and they're like, here's all of the money. And then it went into that whole thing. I mean, that, that was the weird thing. I, I Initially, when I first saw Matrix Reloaded, I loved the notion that this was like the sixth version yes. of the Matrix that was constantly being reloaded. And, you know, that Neo was a was a literally was a just no-no. a systemic, yeah, <laughs> just a systemic anomaly yeah. that despite the architect's best mathematical efforts was unable to eradicate and mm. was just systemic of that subconscious choice mm. that humans have to have to enable the Matrix to to exist which goes out as a way to prove religion almost as well almost yes yeah. and you know you kind of think okay fair enough that's i can, I can t- sort of get that so the thing is like is this now going to be set in a reloaded matrix because but you know are the machines and the humans at peace or are they at war again or what the fuck you know they're drilling and you know, then there's that whole we've destroyed it six times, and we yeah. res- and then we basically we allow the humans to recede it. Like it's all really like fucking dark, and like oh my god, like humans are willingly part of this conspiracy. Yeah, so even subconsciously, which again is a comment on religion, is that you know what if the head of the Catholic Church is, um, sorry, the Catholic Church is willingly in on mm. the on the secret, just knows about it. Yeah, just knows about it. Just like, you know, it's a subconscious choice, but, you know, the church is too big a business to fail. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I was just trying to... Sorry to my Catholic listeners. (laughs) I think, yeah, that's that's obviously just an example of of what the Matrix was trying to achieve. And I mean, through God, all things are possible. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're a Catholic, then that's fine. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, Matrix 4, interesting. I'll watch it. There's no doubt about that. I almost get the feeling it's you know when, you know when the new Star Wars films came out, it was basically a reboot of the original. I'm yeah. fully expecting this to be that. Do you know what I? Th- I feel like it, there's there's something kind of weird going on here. Hmm. Like, why is it that the two character, two actors who played characters who conclusively died, are coming back, but yeah. like Morpheus, who was still alive at the end of that film, it isn't. might just be that he hasn't signed on yet. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah. I'd imagine they'll want Hugo Weaving involved in this as well. Agent Smith. Yeah, who is terrifying in the first film, but then in the second and third film is... But why would they want him back? Like, he was destroyed by Neo at the end of the first film, and he only resurfaces at Reloaded. Mm. This is, of course, me assuming that they're wedging him in. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. I I think this is 100% about money. Yeah. This is 100% about them going, it's been uh, 20 years now, so let's re-release it. Yeah. Let's just do it. Uh, the Matrix Millions. Exactly. Yeah. Roll on. Yeah. And like, what better timing? Keanu's the hottest thing in Hollywood right now as well. And Yeah, I'd snap him up. An aging yeah. Neo. Yes, definitely. Oh. What if it is from the sort of sort of a previous version? Could be. Of the of the Matrix. Because it doesn't matter if he's a bit older, because he's in the previous version. If he's a previous version, obviously he he is like you know in zion myth the mm. one was was freed he and you know everyone else kind of started the so what if it's set at the beginning of one of the next cycles yeah you know sort of burgeoning zion he's like the fourth neo or something like that who then dies and then comes back again and oh well that's an interesting one yeah a, a previous neo previous trinity in on the conspiracy i who understand that. that puts that that puts an interesting slant on their characters it does they That's, they are aware of the conspiracy. They know it through yeah. and through. What's going to happen? Creepy. 
That would be cool, actually. That would be quite cool. I mean, the other option is that maybe you have Keanu in the um, Lawrence Fishburne role in this one, but still as Neo, as the guy that's trying to get someone else out of the Matrix. Yeah, but if it's set in one of the previous ones, because yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? At the end, like what should happen at the end of each Matrix cycle is that the is that the one reinserts his prime code, but then is allowed <clears throat> to restart Zion yeah. with twenty one other individuals or yeah. something, wasn't it? Like twelve female. 17 male or something like that. I can't yeah. remember what it was. I like those odds. Yeah, I like those odds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's get going. <laughs> and um, and so what if he's the ma- he? What if he's one of those yeah, that maybe. willingly restarted the next cycle? Yeah, could be interesting. Yeah, news, 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 news. <laughs> <laughs> Bond twenty five gets a title. Yeah, not it, happy with it. It just feels like. Random title generator. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Flurgan. What do you want? Flurgan. <laughs> what, what, what do you want in a Bond title? Uh, time, die, sure, and then... <laughs> this will do. No time to die. There we go. Exactly. Literally the most obvious <laughs> of all titles. No time to die. It's like a toddler just smashed a load of Bond titles together. <laughs> yeah. And this is what it came up with. It'll still be probably be quite good. It's better than Shatterhand, which was... <laughs> What Apparently, was Shatterhand? Russ, Russ was saying that that was originally what they thought it was going to be called. Shatterhand. Shatterhand. Where the fuck did he get that from? I don't know, but it just sounds like someone goes, I ate a person the other day. Do you think he's been getting this shit from, from one of those books he's been reading? Maybe. He don't, well, yeah, reading. I'm going to beat that nerd. <laughs> but yeah. With I, his glasses. And there's a synopsis as well, apparently. So being in, with a very different version of the 007 character, we've heard, seen that already. Uh, has left active service and enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Leiter from CIA turns up asking for help. The mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. I mean, that's new for him, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I wonder how he'll. <laughs> I wonder how he'll overcome those odds. <laughs> probably be fine. He'll probably be misogynistic in some way. Get it all done. Yeah, while patronising females. <laughs> <laughs> doing what bond does best i, I see i quite like it I, the title <laughs> what, what, bond patronizing females <laughs> i mean they got it coming <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> we're gonna get letters i am joking obviously yeah, I don't obviously obviously um seriously dan's the most right on of all of us he tells me off for saying some of the most ridiculously tame things <laughs> yeah all right i'll, I'll do an edit of that stuff as well yeah. <laughs> a smash cut of all of them <laughs> Um, you know what we are we are there's only two of us so we're eating fuck yeah, it fuck it eh? it's a it's a relaxed fit pod it tonight, is you know? it is we're just chilling out in my yeah. living room yeah i'm not i'm wearing my pjs i like jeffrey wright as felix lighter i that's do me too me too that's, that is what excites me about that i always um, have a good feeling about him whenever i see him mm. i go oh it's felix lighter yeah what's his name again <laughs> or less cool american bond yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah i so no time to die terrible they're trying to do something different with it i understand that it's just a shame they didn't try and do something different with the title isn't it it's a shame they landed on that one no time to die the next news news subject i don't expect to spend hardly any time on but let's just talk about it anyway the joker movie that has yet to come out yet uh, warner brothers are already playing a sequel for it apparently the what the joker movie with uh joaquin phoenix right they're already planning a sequel for it apparently Right, they they don't even know if people are going to like it. Yeah, no, it's it's um, 
it's getting doing quite that a lot of thing. Oscar buzz. But they're doing that thing where yeah. they just assume that everyone's going to want to see the Joker. I just don't think... I just think... Um, like this, the, From what I've seen of it, this kind of looks like it'll work as a standalone film. Like a one-off, this is just a Joker movie. Do you know um, what I'm going to do? While I'm chewing, I'm not going to make a con- I'm going to make a conscious effort not to just chew into the microphone. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I'll move aside. <laughs> Go on, you carry on. Okay. I just think um, it doesn't strike me as the kind of film that, ne- that will need a sequel, if that makes any sense. Like, everything I've seen of it is like, this is an interesting take on potentially how the Joker became the Joker, but at the same time, could be any number of things because no one knows for sure who the Joker is, what happened. There isn't a definitive uh, origin story. But this is just a fun story. Fun. No, I doubt that would be fun. But this is just a one version of events. It should just be like this. Here is a standalone Joker film. And the idea of a sequel to it almost cheapens it a bit. And the fact that Warner Brothers are kind of planning a sequel will probably raise an eyebrow for people that are giving it the, the Oscar buzz that it has been getting. Um, like when... Um, DC, what was the film they put forward as the uh, the Oscar contender ahead of Wonder Woman? Uh, I can't remember. But regardless, this this strikes me as, as a film that if you just let it be its own thing, you will not regret it because it will get Oscar buzz. It's got Joaquin Phoenix playing uh, the Joker in only a way that Joaquin Phoenix can play the Joker. Yeah. So, like, why not just let it be its own thing if it does well? leave it for a while, then let it get get its Oscar buzz and then potentially do the sequel afterwards. Yeah. Don't plan it now because I think you're going to cheapen it. I think it's that that kind of thing cheapens... Shh, don't cheapen this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I genuinely think that cheapens it so why not just let it happen and then see how it does. This is this should be its own thing separate from anything else. It's It's one thing to plan Suicide Squads 3, 4 and 5 but... It's different to plan something that that by all accounts is is a fairly gritty, realistic version of the Joker that's apparently not been seen in any comics before. Once again, I'm happy for it. It looks fun. Well, it doesn't look fun again. But it looks good. But at the same time, please, someone just do the damn Joker from the comics. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like someone just, some, everyone's got to have their own take on it. Are now. they sort of basing it on the killing joke? It, it, loosely by the looks of things just judging by what happens in it but apparently it's it's we've never seen a joker like this before and how many times have we heard that and it's like just someone has to just do the damn joker like how he's supposed to be i'm fine i'm sure it'll be great i'm sure this film to be be fair though the joker from the comics is i i mean it it might be too much for film at the moment it depends it depends how how you do it um the funny thing was that like the Heath, closest was Heath, the animated series. Yeah, but Heath Ledger's Joker mm. was basically was was very close in terms of the psychopathy. Yeah. Um, but the sense of humour was no. was lacking. Yeah. yeah so definitely. he was basically just a psycho with zero empathy, with no pity or or care for his own well being. Um, mm. You know, and mentally unstable, like massively mentally unstable. And, and I I really liked it because I thought it was. Um, it felt like the grunge Joker, if that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah. This is Seattle Joker. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and it worked for me. The, the one that just wants to watch the world burn, which is kind of what the Joker's like, but he takes much more care in his appearance. Yeah. Um, 
he's he's very proud. He's almost a narcissist, mm. like with how he looks. And and that wasn't Heath Ledger's joke. That was the no mum, I like wearing my Nirvana t shirt. Yeah, Joker. except for the fact that like the Joker I've seen in the comics, like even at one point his face is literally held on with hooks. Yeah, because someone else cut his face off. Gross. Yes. So yeah, so it's like how does he function hmm? when his face is held on with hooks? He's just um his face is like that's a really good run. That's the Scott Snyder uh Greg Capullo run. And uh it just um he just doesn't care. Hmm. It's just like how that would be like searing pain for most people. Yeah. He just gets on with it. Gets on with what he's doing. And once again though, that is his his narcissism kicking in because he needs that face. He needs his face. And the face slowly begins to rot. Like yeah. it's, all it is, it's not attached to anything. It's just stapled on. Yeah. And it gets grosser and grosser throughout the run. But it's a really cool idea. So how does so what happens to his face at the end of the run? No, no, he he I think he does he die at the end of the run and then they bring him back as like this ethereal being, the idea that, the, that there's always a Joker. Like, almost like... Uh, yeah, like Batman is the yin to his yang. Yeah, like, the, the, however it works. And that's why you've got tons of different origin stories and it shows, like, uh, the Joker from the 1700s and stuff like that. And it's the idea that he is almost this, like, demonic being that always exists. Yeah. Which I quite like. But, oh, yeah. but at the same time... <laughs> Like, I just don't like people digging too far into the Joker's backstory. I like the idea that he just turns up and he's a dick. Yeah. Like, he's... And, no, this guy's a douche. Yeah. Because, um, like, he's not... He's not super powerful. He's not super strong. And what he has going for him is that he doesn't have any limits. Yeah. Um, and it's... I love the idea that he's he's not the reverse of Batman. He's just the Batman if he would do that one thing that he refuses to do. Yeah. Um, and if he didn't have a moral code. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, but yeah, they'll do their own thing with it. And eventually we might see an actual Joker in something, maybe. Uh, I'll tell you what wasn't the actual Joker. Um, that prick from 30 Seconds to Mars, he wasn't. Nope, Jared Leto was a massive letdown. Massive letdown. Um, where should we go next? Uh, Michael Rook has joined the cast of Fast and Furious 9. I don't know whether you care about that. I don't care as much as Ross would. The nerd. Nerd. <laughs> Um, Obi-Wan TV series. Yes. Now this is exciting. Yes. Now this is exciting. Um, yeah. So I, uh, do you know what? I think I need to go to the loo, mate. You go. Okay. Yeah. yeah you're right. Think, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Hang on. I'm just going to disappear yeah. off. Yeah. I just leave me on my own. You know, I'll, I'll just talk about Obi-Wan, I suppose. Yeah. Just, just for a moment. Sorry, mate. I'll be back in a sec. Yeah, sure. No worries. Yeah. Thanks. It's that pizza he's having. Unbelievable. No. Oh. Oh, Jesus, Hello. how did he oh, find Dan. us? How are Hi, you? Ewan. How are you, Dan? Good. That's great, to, great to see you. Yeah, you just missed Tom. Where, where's Tom? He's just gone for a just, well, I mean, I know this is his house. I've been yeah. here very many times. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I just snuck in through the back gate. I, I saw what I thought was a womble running through the back gate. Was so it a womble? It turned out not to be a womble. It was actually a uh, red fox. Oh, okay. Um, it, it has an asbo and uh, <laughs> it shouldn't be on the street, so... Um, but yeah, it's great to be here again. I, I, I couldn't help but overhear that you were talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show, which, of course, I was on the podcast a long time ago confirming that we were actually doing a movie. You did, yeah. Um, but, um, of course, I was just, uh, you know, misdirecting you. Um, oh. And I'm absolutely delighted to confirm uh, exclusively for the Too Much Time On Our Hands podcast that I, Ewan McGregor, will be appearing in 
Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, the TV series, is, a Ewan McGregor production. Is that the official title, is it? That, yes, indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, most of my films, for instance, Moulin Rouge, yes. uh, was Ewan McGregor in Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. My character wasn't Moulin Rouge. No. It was... Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, there was some, yeah, absolutely. So I'm delighted to confirm that I will, in fact, be picking up the lightsaber of Obi-Wan Kenobi again, the greatest character that I've ever played. Are you excited with about the, that? Uh, absolutely. Uh, one thing I'm most excited about, of course, is that um, George Lucas has not been allowed near the scriptwriting room at all, which means that my dialogue will be, um, you know, lovely and flowing, uh, just like my beautiful hair. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. imagine you have slightly longer hair and this, longer beard, I'm guessing. Absolutely. But of course, uh, you know, Alec Guinness kept himself very nicely, neatly clean shaven, yeah. which I, I, th- I believe... Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, as a character, would uh, definitely drink Voss water <laughs> and, um, you know, would definitely spend the money to make sure he was well manicured. Because, um, yeah. of course, I don't want to appear on screen like a, some sort of disgusting, vagrant no. Jedi that smells like um, a rabbit's arsehole. No, definitely uh, I want to smell, you know, like a mountain stream, beautiful, <laughs> yeah. Timote, um, you we, know. Where are you going to park your bike on the set? Well, that's, of course, a prime concern yeah. and a major part of my contract that gets... Um, the bike to be in the film. The bike has to be in the film, uh, even if it's not necessarily obvious that it's yeah. a bike. In fact, the speeder that Ray, uh, <laughs> um, you know, travelled across yeah. Jakku in was my bike. Uh, oh, really? made it up to look like a speeder. Did a good job with that, It's didn't part they? of my contract. It's absolutely fine. In Moulin Rouge, it wasn't actually a, um, a building. It was my bike. <laughs> Absolutely. It wasn't Nicole Kidman. It was also my bike as well. So train spotting was the... Uh, it was actually the train. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> was, yeah, it was the train. <laughs> was My bike was there. Um, so any, any, any chance you get Charlie involved in this? Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> for no, the best, no. no. Absolutely. It's for the best for everyone, really. Yeah. Charlie was in several films following the major success of Ewan McGregor in The Long Way <laughs> Down, Round and Up and Over and, you know, along a bit. Um, but we don't let him near actual movie sets anymore probably for the best it's probably for the best yeah. i think that's absolutely the the best we can hope for really is that charlie just slowly fades away <laughs> and just you know leaves th- this planet really <laughs> the planet the whole planet <laughs> so did you see uh, solo i did see solo i wasn't yeah. overly impressed because of course i noticed that i wasn't in it you weren't no. i wasn't in it at all darth maul yes. uh, a spoiler spoilers <laughs> uh, was actually in the end of solo i say spoilers because i don't believe many people went to actually actually lasted the entire way through that film no um, i believe that a lot of popcorns were thrown on the floor in in disgust and rage with yeah. people just walking out i can understand it because if you go to a star wars film you kind of expect you and mcgregor to be a major part of a movie yeah um but i wasn't tv series though disney plus that's exciting right it's very exciting absolutely and my contract as you can understand is probably making me sweat <laughs> it's just so generous of disney to finally reward me for the many years of being so excellent an actor <laughs> by giving me my own tv show so they've probably taken 20 million an episode. You're probably giving me the Spider-Man money then, I'm guessing, right? Absolutely. Well, that's where they're making big savings. You know, Tom yeah. Holland can go fuck himself as yeah, far as I'm world. concerned. Absolutely. Yeah. Spider-Man. I mean, for fuck's sake, I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, <laughs> would, would, you beat, would Obi-Wan Kenobi beat Spider-Man in a fight then? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, force powers. Um, yeah. Form 3, Sorosu, lightsaber style. Yes. Um, and the beard <laughs> and the robes yeah. and the boots. Yeah. And I killed General Grievous. And I decapitated Anakin Skywalker. You did? 
So that's why I mean, obviously, obviously not myself, but um, <laughs> uh, obviously my character Obi Wan Kenobi. So then, on top of which, I mean, you're going to so yes, in the in, yes, I could take Tom Holland in a fight. Tom Holland, yes, okay. uh, I could take Spider Man in yeah, a fight, sure. of course. Um, you, you're going to have to be looking in through like the window, like a creepy uncle in this one. I'm guessing. Absolutely, every episode has me. Uh, it ends with me very ominously looking at Luke <laughs> through the window. Just very ominously. Yeah. The longer the note that's played in the soundtrack, yeah. the more ominous. <laughs> Cheers, Ewan. This is this is this is gold. This Absolutely. is podcast gold. So thank you so much. Oh, for you're very welcome. On. I'm delighted to come on such a reputable podcast. Yes, thanks. with such excellent sponsors as well. Sure. Who yeah. are? Uh, I'm not sure entirely. Uh, <laughs> James uh, Gurnalist. Do you remember James? He used to be a regular feature on the podcast before. I don't know exhaustion. I don't know. I haven't seen him in a writer's while. block. I can't. I. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's only so many times you can write about free cycling before. No. no, I know. I mean, everything in life is really a metaphor for free cycling. Yeah, is he okay though? Oh, uh, James. Yeah. Oh, he's absolutely fine. Keeping up on the archery, absolutely fine. Oh, he's he, fine. yeah, he's still going to archery. Then. Absolutely, he was on the set of my latest movie, which is you uh, and <laughs> McGregor in. I don't know <laughs> what my latest movie is. Actually, I've forgotten. It was oh. so long ago now. Mm. A lot going on, though, isn't there? You and a lot so going on. Yeah. Got my own Disney TV show. You do, yeah. Absolutely. Congratulations, you. No, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome for my amazing <laughs> I, work. I'm very excited about absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks, you. Anyway, I better be going Can now. Can you just autograph this for us? Uh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, who shall I make this out to? Um, Dan. To Dan from Ewan McGregor. Thank you very much. There you go. Thanks. There we go. Thanks. Thanks very much. No, you're welcome. Yeah, do you want to put in a good word about the archery weekends? Then that'd be very kind. That's not my gig. Okay, sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, it's, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, if any of my fans are listening, uh, your wait is over. Uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi TV series <laughs> will be happening. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's been absolutely superb. It's been great to see you again. Yeah, um, thanks. Uh, and when I say you again, what I mean is Ewan hey. again. Hey. Uh, I'll see you later. Thank, Thank you so much, Dan. It's been great to. Yeah, what? Well, you, sorry, you had another this question. This has been Ewan McGregor's Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast, then. Absolutely. Yeah. Ewan McGregor in Too, the much, Too time. Much Time on Our Hands podcast. Sweet. Okay. Excellent. Bye. 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 It's weird. He just turns up every time we mention his name. I don't really know what's happening. But he's just gone. Christ alive. Did you see Ewan? Who? Ewan. Ewan was here. Ewan McGregor. Oh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't see no. that. You see him popping a wheelie just down the road, just there on his bike. Really? Yeah. There he goes. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's came to talk about the Obi Wan uh, TV series. Our sound effects are getting good, aren't they? <laughs> They're great. Yeah, yeah really good. <laughs> so so that's yeah. good. So what? He's confirmed it all. Yeah, I mean, we've already talked about. It. We probably don't need to talk about it again. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you're right with them not talking about it though. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'll listen back to it. Yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. Cool. Yeah. Um, right, let's get some games, shall we? Because we've had Gamescom. It's going to be like the longest pod in the world, oh isn't it? God, it's unreal. The amount of news that if they'd have just released some last week, that would have been <laughs> handy. All right, Gamescom. Uh, Kerbal Space. Let's start again. Kerbal Space Program Two is coming out. I don't know whether you've cool. the first one. Yeah, I, I never have, but I, I really like want it. to play it, but I just can't bring myself to spend fourteen quid on it. No, it's on Game Pass, I think. Is it? I think so. Yeah. Shit, sir. Get yourself involved in that. Motherfucker's going to download that shit. That is, yeah. No, that's fine. That's the only one I want to play. Um, Marvel is the new um, Marvel game. 
Uh, living our RPG with microtransactions, Engadget have described it as. What? Yes. So they've shown more footage and their response is basically, hmm, they're still concerned about this game. I would be. So I've, 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 I've watched some of it, but it's not, it just doesn't excite me. Like, and yet I'm excited by this stuff. This, this game should be the most exciting game on the horizon. I'm just not remotely interested. They've tried. You should literally be hosing my wall down with jizz. Yeah, and I mean I will later anyway. Yeah, but it's going to be more. And difficult. my back and your back. It's <laughs> going to be more difficult. That's yeah. all. I just think um, you don't yeah. like to look me in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so uh, it's getting mixed reviews. Uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics 2020, released November 5th, is going to have a 2D mode which will feature 8-bit Mario versus 16-bit Sonic. Which is quite cool. I'm quite excited about that. Why? Because this game looks really good fun. Okay, that's a good argument. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and also not for some avant-garde sort of like it's going to be amazing to watch the paradigm of no. an eight-bit character you know, fighting no. a sixty-bit. No, good. No, I, I will say this. Um, it's um, the Switch as well, and I buy games on the Switch because generally every game I've bought on Switch, I've had a really good time playing. So. Oh man, hey, seriously, it's, the, it's one of one console where everything I bought has been a hit. Yeah. Like literally everything I've bought has been a hit. Yeah, well, I think that's partially down for me, down to the fact that... I thought you were going to say that's partly down to me. I'm like, I mean, why? <laughs> <laughs> Justify uh, that. Uh, Sega have announced their um, contender for the Civilization series called Humankind, and they're very excited about it. Their magnum opus, Amplitude Studio, have described it as a historic turn-based strategy game where you will rewrite the entire narrative of humankind, a convergence of culture, history, and values that allows you to create a civilization that is as unique as you are. Sounds pretty wow. epic, doesn't it? Wow. Yeah. So that's going to be on PC. I don't think it's got a release date yet. But yeah, um, that's according to comicbook.com again. So um, but yeah, I've seen the trailer for it. It looks fun. I suggest you have a look at the trailer for it. Uh, I won't buy it because my PC can't run that. Um, next up... Uh, Microsoft has no plans to bring more exclusive to Switch or PS4. This was shortly mentioned just after they announced that Ori and the Blind Forest is now going to be on Switch. Yes. So, yeah, Which is so. pretty cool. I like Ori and the Blind Forest. It's good fun, yeah. Have you played it? Yes. It's good, isn't it? Didn't finish it, but yeah, I need to finish it. Somewhere. No. I'm just, I'm literally, while we're doing this, yeah. I'm on Game Pass at the moment looking for Kerbal Space Program. I, th- I thought it was on there anyway. That they they added Devil May Cry Five, which is the next news. Actually, hold it there for a second, because uh, Stellaris and Devil May Cry Five have been added to Game Pass with Dead Cells coming to it soon as well. With what? Dead Cells coming to Game Dead Pass. Dead Cells. What's Dead Cells? It's um, a is it a Metroidvania? I believe I'm played it in a while, but yeah, it's it's really good, really really good. Okay. Um, and Devil May Cry Five, Tom, get yourself downloading that. That game is awesome. Oh, this is the newest Devil May Cry. Yeah. The one that everyone is fucking raving about. Yeah, it's on Game Pass now. Um, That's exciting. I'm just going to the full A to Z list. (laughs) On PC, uh, Age of Empires Ultimate Edition has been added to Game Pass as well. (laughs) JK. Is it not there? Maybe maybe it isn't on there. I thought it was, but it's not, is it? No. My bad, sorry. That's all right. There we go. (laughs) Oh, Halo 5. Let's get, shall I get Halo 5? No. no. Fuck it. No, that game's shit. 
Goat Simulator, though. Goat Simulator is great, right? <laughs> it's just <laughs> fucking weird. I played for about 20 minutes, then going, nah, fuck this. <laughs> it's, it's on Game Pass, so, you know, you didn't pay anything for it. No, true. I've got to love a bit of Super Hot. Super Hot's great. Speaking of Super Hot, good news for Nintendo fans. <gasps> Throwing one out there to an yes. old podcast host. Yes. Um, they announced their indie titles that are coming to Switch. And Super uh, Hot is one of them. Super Hot's one of them. Uh, also is um, Hotline Miami Collection coming to Switch. Um, and uh, I just mentioned Orion the Blind Forest coming to Switch as well. Uh, and while we're at it, more good news for Nintendo fans. Mm. Witcher 3 uh, coming to Switch on October 15th. I'll buy it. Complete edition, which I'll... means it's got all the DLC. People are complaining about how it looks, but what the fuck are you expecting? <laughs> it's the Switch. Exactly, yeah. So that, that's not too bad, is it really? Uh, PUBG getting cross-play between PS4 and Xbox, which mm. I think is really good. Uh, Call of Duty will also be announced with cross-play between PS4 and Xbox. Mm. I think it's finally they're, they're beginning to... It's, it's, it's a good thing. Mr. Um, Gorbachev, break down these walls. <laughs> uh, Sony have bought Insomniac, who made the Spider-Man game, and um, uh, God, what's the game they they made on Xbox that was really good? The one that everyone raves about. God, that's going to bug me. It's a really obvious game. Yeah. What's it called? Say it again. Do it uh, again. Insomniac. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Man on um on Sony, but on Insomniac Xbox game. This is going to bug me if I don't do this. Talk among yourselves. Insomniac games. I like to stick a finger up my bum when I wake up. <laughs> Sunset Overdrive. There. Sunset Overdrive. Well, that wasn't great. It was great. It wasn't great. Yeah, it wasn't well, brilliant. We've not exactly been blessed with the. Uh, a bevy of games on the Xbox this time round. No, we haven't. Um, but yeah, so they bought Insomniac Games in the biggest, longest, will they, won't they, between a developer and a, uh, you know, a console yeah. manufacturer. That's a Sony, super hot. Final Fantasy VIII is getting a release date September 3rd. So Adam will be happy. Oh, Adam. Yeah. Hey, Adam. Where did you go, Adam? He's we got on so well. We did. I liked Adam. Yeah, like Will as well. Yeah, Will was good. Yeah, I still I, haven't been on his podcast. You need to. Yeah, I need to sort that out. I don't know what happened there. Like, I haven't. I think you went on holiday. To be fair, I haven't so. heard anything from him for ages. No, I think he's been on holiday. Um, so been building up to this one. We saw more Death Stranding. We did. Well, we saw Norman Reedus taking a piss. Have you seen it yet? Yeah. Oh my god. So. Is it, it just walking around? It looks shit, right? Is that is that all it is? It look, well, it looks like wearing yellow trousers. This one was just like Hideo Kojima loves Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keighley loves Hideo Kojima. And it's really sweet. So, oh, fuck, I'm so fucking bored of that. <laughs> I'm so bored. Just fucking get on with it, please. Yeah. They're so, it's so boring. There's being an auteur genius and yeah. just being a turd. <laughs> so like, and then he, um, so this one was meant to say like, oh, look, Jeff Keighley's in the game. He loves, they love each other. Look yeah. how sweet that is. Voiced by Matt Mercer, though. So I like Matt Mercer. Um, but even when he gets up to that building, it's got the Kojima Productions logo on the side of the building. It just looks boring. It really like, does, doesn't it? It's like, so it can either get away with being one of two things. It can have a great story, which I'm not so sure about, uh, and lousy gameplay, or great gameplay and a lousy story. 
It can't do what I think it's going to do, which is going to be Kojima's got all his mates in the game. <laughs> Look, here he is. Who's Guillermo del Toro? Here's Norman Reedus. Look, all his mates are in this game, so enjoy. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Is, is there anyone else in it? Yeah, you see everyone, someone, once every 10 minutes. Here, though, put a ladder up. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Doesn't doesn't seem to make any sense. No, it looked. Bollocks. And to be fair, though, no Hideo Kojima game I've ever no. played made any sense. Even PT, it looks it looks bollocks to me. Like, I have no doubt this game possibly could come out and be excellent. But that's what people said about Duke Nukem Forever. There's no doubt this will come out and could be excellent. But yeah, it but came out and wasn't excellent. There's um there's part of me that's like. Maybe Hideo Kojima needed some structure. We'll see. We'll see when it comes out. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Needed some structure. So like maybe, maybe admittedly the Konami relationship was shit. But maybe having a little bit of structure working for another studio kind of kept him on the rails a bit. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Because the problem is, being someone like him, you have to be really good at taking yourself out of the equation. Which he is awful at. Mm. And watching... Nay. Experiencing your game through the eyes of the people mm. that will be experiencing it. You, as the creator, are always too close. Yeah. It's the same with all the content I produce in my line of work. I'm too close to it to be objective. Yeah. I have to try really hard to be subjective. I have to look at everything. I have to break down what I'm doing and critique it and then work on bits that I'm not good at, like delivery, presenting, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really hard. So I need people around me that can go, that didn't work. Don't do that again. That yeah. wasn't funny. You know, or that was really good. Do more of that. Do more of this. Use this voice, etc. You know what I mean? I don't think he has that. I don't know. I mean, as I say, I think we'll find out soon enough whether this game's any good. But if that trailer is indicative of the actual game, I'm not that impressed. It's a lot. A lot of people like it, but it's got it's got like the Zelda exploring mechanics. But then the Zelda exploring mechanics are like I've just come across a temple that I didn't know was here, and now I have to do some awesome stuff to try and get get out of the temple. Yeah, like in Breath of the Wild, have you found the lost temple? No, you haven't found the lost temple. No, no, the one that's filled with all the. No? No. What I love about Breath of the Wild is that you can go and have a completely different adventure from everyone else. Now, that's one thing, because there's stuff to do in Breath of the Wild, even though it's a bit sparse. This game doesn't look like there's much to do in it. Chase the um, the flying dragons around mm. and like steal, you know, shoot them in the back and steal their scales and use it to upgrade your armor and stuff. One of the best two-hour sessions I had on mm. it was literally just waiting for the dragons to arrive mm. so that I could then sort of fly up high in the sky and then come down on them and like shoot off a horn and use it to upgrade my stealth suit and stuff like that. It was just, it was brilliant. Yeah. So I, I, I just don't get the feeling, that feeling of excitement with this game. I, I now, I just sort of listened back to what I just said in my head and now I realise why I want to beat Russ up. <laughs> I want to beat myself up right now. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm not, I mean, it might just be the the bitter Xbox fan that, that understands this game's never coming to Xbox. But I, I I just think like it annoys me how excited people are getting over stupid things. Like when you see Norman Reedus stand up and pee, the whole crowd just starts clapping. Like, I know. For fuck's sake, he's taking a slash in yeah. a game. 
the reason that's not revolutionary and the reason it doesn't happen in other games is because no one actually wants to do that. It's bollocks. Yeah. Load of shit. Speaking of which, uh, Apex <laughs> Legends Forum Furious as Devs Call Players Arse Hats and Freeloaders. Um, okay, that's an interesting so way. That I'm, I'm kind dealing of with your core audience. Going down straight down the middle in this, in the sense that well, I have. They're, they're just arse hats. I have no, <laughs> no doubt that the people on the Apex Legend forum are arse hats. Yeah. I have zero doubt about that. Yeah. Um, in the same way that anyone who uses Tumblr is a nonce. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have no doubt that Apex Legend forum is full of bell ends. <laughs> okay. So I, I totally understand that. The devs shouldn't have got involved. Yeah. They shouldn't have just shouldn't have got involved. Now, I understand that some of them come out. So Tina Sanchez, because uh, Polygon wrote this article uh, in favor of the people in the forum, basically. Tina Sanchez then just said, can you write an article about how I've completely been completely silenced to, since 2013 with all the death threats and harassment? Just look up my Twitter handle and any cuss word for content. And they've got a point. The, the, at some point, the devs have got a point. But at the same time, Pick your battles. This isn't a battle you yeah. want to pick. Uh, and if that's because you know how an ass hat's going to react <laughs> yeah. to being called an ass hat. Yeah, but like, I th- there's no right or wrong here. There is. There's, there's <laughs> nearly everyone is <laughs> I love, wrong. I love that man. Yeah. That's so declarative. Yeah. There's no right or wrong here. I mean, there is. They're, they're all wrong. <laughs> they're all wrong. <laughs> Just I, I. You're like one of those deep thinkers. I think. Yeah. I think that that yeah. The forum is clearly full of balance. We all know it's full of balance. But at the same time, the devs pr- should probably have stayed out of it. Now, since then, Vince Sambella, the head of Respawn Games, has come in apologising to the people for on behalf of his developers, yeah. but at the same time saying that he would stand up for his developers because there's no way they should receive the abuse that they receive on in the likes of these forums. Quite right. It's it's basically like it's basically like someone comes into a shop mm. and berates and deals with the, a member of staff there, treats them like shit, yeah. you know, rude, aggressive, swearing, calls mm. them a twat. Kicks them in the balls, yeah. Spits on them while they crash down on the floor. You know that's that's just not acceptable in the no. retail environment. No, that's definitely not acceptable. And that's yeah. like developers. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I I think this will all blow over. I don't think it will stop people playing Apex Legends, but I feel a little bit sorry for the developers. Or but... being bellends in forums. Yeah, yeah. Just I feel sorry for the developers, but at the same time, I I pick your battles, and that wasn't one of them. No, no. Uh, God, we're nearly done, I promise, Tom. Um, what else do we have? Just get my little book. Uh, Stranger Things coming to Dead by Daylight. Okay. So, uh, the big bad from mm-hmm. it's going to be the Demogorgon chasing you around. And nice. you used to play as Nancy or uh, Steve. I'm totally on board with that. that. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there we go. I think that's all the news. I think so. Um... Told you about Kerbal Space Program, didn't I? Oh yeah, yeah, I mentioned that. Um, what else have we got? Spawn. Oh, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 DLC. Spawn, Terminator, and Joker coming to Mortal Kombat 11. Two of them I care about. Which two do you think it is? Terminator. Yeah. And Spawn. No, no. Terminator and Joker. Terminator and Joker. Mm-hmm. Of course. Wait, so which Joker? It's not Jared Leto Joker, is it? Uh, no, it's a very handsome-looking Joker, apparently. Ah, 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 my balls. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah. God, he just looked like such a 
Let's see. He did, didn't he? <laughs> that was the overwhelming feeling I got from that. Even that tough moment where he like smashed a window to get yeah. into a door. Oh, he's so tough. Was just a bit like he's so edgy. Do you know he's dangerous? Do you know how I know that? Got a tattoo on his fucking forehead. Yeah. Right, we're done. Let, let's 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 wrap this up because okay. because we are just over an hour. This episode. Jesus Christ. You have been listening to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast, which is a slightly toned down, a slightly more sort of sitting in your pants kind of like listening and talking and chatting and just like kind of thing like that because we haven't got the other two. <laughs> one more bit of news. Oh, Kevin. there's one more bit of news. Sorry. Right. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Smith making a uh, anime He-Man series for Netflix. Go, Kevin Smith. There we go. That's it. I'll leave you to it. That's Excellent. It. Thank you for listening to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. This was a bit more of a relaxed one. This was basically me and Dan in our pants in the living room with a pipe, just, you know, sort of like, you know, shooting the shit. I'm trying not... Sorry, I've got an itchy beard and I keep smacking the microphone. Um, if you want to interact with us, our... Oh, fucking hell. Oh, man. Here we go. It's been a long day. <laughs> if you'd like to interact with us on any of our social media channels, our handle is at TMTOOH, and that's on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, um, but not Tumblr or Pinterest because Tumblr's for nonces and Pinterest is just <laughs> shite. Um, we also have our sister pod theatrical cut. They're back and under the TMT OOH umbrella, which is great. We're great to have them back. And are their Instagram and stuff handles are theatrical cut pod on Instagram. And while we're at it, uh, I recorded a podcast, D20 uh, board game cafe in Watford earlier today. I don't know when it's going to come out, but uh, go follow them on Facebook. We think it's just D20 board game cafe on facebook and all the information's there but they are a great bunch of people uh, more on that and potentially a, a video going up but that'll be going up on their thing so and if um, dan just got d20's handle wrong don't worry it's going to be on our instagram feed so make sure you check that all out and on that note goodbye dan goodbye goodbye tom goodbye let's cue the music cue the